It's great. Everything's great. How are you things, doing? Things are great. They've never been better. Actually, <laughs> I, I, I'm doing great. Good. Good. I'm peaceful. I'm creative. I'm a good parent. I'm. Yeah. Uh, oh. I have structure every day. <laughs> I'm the best parent. I'm the best artist. How are you? Yeah, I keep saying that. I'm fine. Yeah, good. Fine. You know, you know how it is. Uh, yeah, no, I'm procrastinating. I'm not getting as much done. I don't know how uh, to do anything with a kid at home 24-7. Yeah, it's a real, it's a real issue. Um, I know. I feel like we did an episode a few a few episodes ago was about being, uh, I don't know, a self-generating artist uh, with children. And that alone was posed difficulties. And now we have a global pandemic on top of it. Yeah, it makes sense. And hard. no school. And yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Man. So, um, well, we should just, yeah. We're, so I think you and I have, in our just dealings with each other, as far as, you know, private conversations we've been having about what's next for us as a producing team, you know, beyond the level of like what's online and some ideas we have for uh, sharing new work, really, as far as like producing new work, we've, we've been sort of struck by uh, the theater side of things. And this is going to be the first in a series of three kind of art post COVID uh looks we're doing uh, generally i think we're going to look at the world of theater in this one and then subsequently uh film slash television and then comics because you have such a uh, a good you know finger on the pulse with there and uh but theater for some reason came up a lot this last week for you and me um yeah well it's our home i feel like it's yeah. our home where we both started yeah um, and it's hard seeing, like, I don't know, it's kind of like, I haven't back, been back to the town that I graduated high school from in years, or yeah. or Binghamton, where we went to college. But, like, I do, weirdly, when news comes up about it, I find myself interested and invested. About theater, about stuff. Yeah, like- I feel like theater's the same thing, you know? It's like a place where I started out, and so, like, even though I don't actively do it as much. Yeah. It's also weird, because this week I've gotten literally three emails from theater companies that I've worked with asking if they can stream shows of mine on their websites Hmm. um just asking for permissions of like we got to talk to the actors and to equity but we're just trying to figure out how to have content you know and it almost breaks my heart when when it's like when theater is just described as content (laughs) yeah isn't that interesting oh god right they're not theoretically well i guess they are but like they're not in the content business they're in the we produce plays, live business. And for some reason, content, like live in-person entertainment is not ever thought of as content. Well, I think, we, it's, a, I think it's a density issue, right? Like I think yeah. content is connected with YouTubers because it's something that they make every single day, right? It's like, here's 15 minutes of me eating, you know, pie and having a milkshake and going to the park. Right, right. It's like theater is like, it happens once, you know, even at major theater, it happens once every three months, two months, you know, like. Right. Right. The, the initial definition of content is like something mundane. It's like it's like dark matter or just a normal <laughs> brushing your teeth is content. But that's become yeah. entertainment. I mean, like <laughs> well, even grown like... men in their 50s and 60s are doing unboxing like videos now. Oh my God. So the theater. So this is my question for you is, are these plays that you've 
have already been filmed or produced that you they want to use for your their oh, website? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or... These are things that like so one of them is um a theater okay. a show that was done off Broadway like two years ago that they were like we have a really good video of it. We're going to talk to mm-hmm. the actor because it was a solo because um, they had to cancel like the rest of their season and and their fundraiser and so I think yeah. they're I don't think it's just me I imagine they're probably going back through most of their shows and going like how much of this stuff could we put up online to try and bring people to watch or donate or buy i don't even know exactly how they're going to work it out but right but yeah they're all shows that already exist and have already been videotaped okay fascinating fascinating you know so this brings up so many things uh initially i'm like well if they were (laughs) if there was a visual component to begin with i think what happens now with a lot of these live streams they're running into problems with equity about this and i think equity has been uh well i think i've sort of like waffled a little bit because i think like it's your work share it uh you needn't be paid if it's just sort of trying to bring people to the theater you know right but now if it's going to be actually the featured content and certainly if people are going to be like paying admission to see your stream um that's another issue though i can table I guess I, and I've on my side as an audience member, not uh, the playwright side. I, I um, I've been seeing a lot of invitations to to, you know, announcements of new filmed plays that were previously just done off Broadway, or a lot of my regional friends are producing their solo shows. Uh, I, I know a couple of actually this this guy Cameron Bossert has this website called Third Wing, and it's they've they've sort of been on this for a year now he's been undergoing a major project is trying to just do filmed plays but but he came at it before any of this crisis right and i think and i want i went to his website yesterday and it was really well done they took their time they have like i think a three camera setup he he parsed it out really well and this is a total shout out for him because I, I i think he did a really great job and um the performances are great the, the scenes it's basically in scenes too like sort of episode one is a nine minute piece episode two is an eight minute piece so you break it up into these oh, chunks yeah. in, a, in a nice way as if they're webisodes you know but it's huh it's, that's it's, actually intriguing it is like, you, had told, you had told me about this a long time ago in my mind i was because this is something you've been interested in film theater for a long time. I have actually, yeah. And, like I remember when you mentioned this to me, I remember going to their site and they hadn't had anything up at the point. And yeah. in my mind, I couldn't wrap my head around the presentation because I was like, I've seen some good film theater, but it's still film theater. Like I hadn't really thought about like, oh, making it more, making it digestible in like a smaller, a smaller amount is, is intriguing. Right. I think he's been, th- he, he sort of has been thinking ahead and I, I appreciate it. And I really... It was the smooth website. I, I really recommend visiting it. I'll get the exact address before we leave. But um, but he's done a really, really comprehensive job at making it work and sing on right. But it's very very difficult. I've seen it successfully done, like I think with like some Richard Nelson plays that PBS did uh, about five years ago, the Apple plays, and those worked really well because again they had a, a full production team like making it happen. And those are really really intimate plays. Even when you see them live, they almost feel like films because he was very much he had this aesthetic where the actors were mic'd very sensitively, and they're they weren't performing for a grand thrust theater, which it kind of was set in at the public. They were kind of performing for themselves, but it, it worked. And you sort of like leaned forward and listened in, in a great way. And I saw it live and then I saw the plays online. And so those, those almost felt 
like they lent themselves. Like there was a thought that they were going to be filmed from the very beginning with a website I've been talking about and these Richard Nelson plays. What, What I feel like is happening that's not successful is here. You know what we captured? You know, someone had a video camcorder the other right. day at the at the show. Let's just put that up online. And right. that... we have an arch- we have an archive video. Or at the beginning of COVID, we just kind of realized like, can we get a, a single camera out here and try to film it on the fly? Because that's a big problem yeah. people do a lot of times. Even even when they spend some money and they bring a team in and it's a single camera, half the time the people who are filming you haven't watched much more than a rehearsal and sometimes haven't even watched a rehearsal. Yeah. Like I've been show i've been in shows where they're filming it and the people come in and they're like so what happens when they're going to move over there or where does it where does the action happen and you just get like a single a single shot yeah you have to um, yeah you have to honor the process if you're going to like present something for an audience as a filmed play you have to also devote just as much effort to making that film work not just the play and capturing it somehow so i've i've seen unsuccessfully a lot of attempts to create you know zoom zoom readings or zoom talkbacks or like live stream zoomed yeah kind of haphazard productions of plays and and i think simultaneously you and i both start to get got to thinking about why are these theaters all trying to not be theaters now you know right right it's a weird pivot to trying to be a youtuber which i think is it makes sense. It's a, it's a panic response. It is. Yes. Like, yeah. We don't know how long this is going to last. We have no money coming in. Yes. What, can, what can we do to get anyone to focus on us? And I think that is the, you know, that's terrifying because yeah. I, I don't know what I would be doing if I was running an organization. Like, but I do think definitely the thought of like what makes theater intrinsic and valuable should be the central thought, which, but that's fucking tricky, right? Because yeah. translating into another medium, most of what makes theater intrinsic is is why it, it and film are different things. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> totally. It's about the moment. It's about being there when it happens, you know, really for me. It's live. But to me, it's about like the actor, the actors did something and you were there to witness it at the same time. It happened at the yeah. same time. And you were I feel in like the it's same like, space. It's like being in on a secret. Yeah, you know, I feel like Richard Foreman always talked about that, wow. and like, mm. you know, his work. I, I'm not, I'm not. I know some people are big zealots. I'm not a big zealot of his, but I, I remember he had said one thing about theater. I always thought was yeah. true, where he was like, "My favorite moments are in theater when I think I saw something that no one else in the theater saw, mm-hmm. but obviously everyone saw it because it was designed to be seen, mm. right? Like, yeah, these little secret moments of an actor really buying into something or a hand gesture or a movement that like you catch and it it, it brings it all together for yeah. you, you know." Um, that, that's, I mean, that is really what makes that form so exciting. I, I think still, I agree. Uh, I agree. And I, I, I understand the panic response. I mean, we all are suddenly like, everything must be zoomed work plays. Uh, we're going to make like, these, <laughs> these, uh, movies with our kids on zoom, everything will be and and, you know, and I think that's fair because I also think there's like a desperate among me too, like, like a sort of need to be seen among people like you and me and like still stay relevant in some way. And, and, you know, and even for people who like work on screen, I I feel like, like I've posted more than I usually do about like, I'm on TV this week. I'm like, ah, because I think it's a panic, a panicked (laughs) uh, response to the abyss at the moment, you know? So, um, I think we're all getting in touch with that. And certainly theater, which I, I'm sure as we've even like touched on in the last few days that have a real problem ahead. 
because of the nature yeah. of density and and the thing that makes it special is the very uh is the very thing that's not allowed right now so yeah, absolutely and, and i mean it has problems a lot of the times because like the margins that theater operates on that's also the model that it operates on it is is already fragile right right before anything bad happens theaters in a fragile place. right like if we if they did say like okay broadway can open but it has to be half capacity or 40 percent capacity etc 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 uh they could probably be like that also will be that will also sink every theater and every production going on right now whereas yeah. baseball or you know football they could literally perform for empty audiences right now but because of their television deals i think they could still be in the black pretty well right? yeah Te- te- television and merchandising and merchandising sure. right right like you know if the, if the nba playoffs happen in july or august which i mean i think is the fantasy it, i won't say fantasy but it's the hope yep. right like they know they're going to be performing playing for nobody yeah um but the thought is is like their television contract is so absolutely high and people will continue to buy merchandising and will still invest in that whole machine mm-hmm. yep um theater doesn't really have a machine maybe i mean Every once in a while, they have a phenomenon like like Hamilton. Hamilton will come out, and people will actually buy T-shirts. And right, stuff. like right, um, right. But it's not a machine. It's not like every year you're like, what came? What's the Schubert Theater doing? Like on Broadway? Like I'm buying their fucking shirts. Right, you right, know? right. It's not what it is. No, and there's no TV. There's no TV money to be. You know, it's it's right. it, the bigger thing is is touring rights. Touring rights are the TV money of Broadway, right? Like they're the yes. they're the money that comes in from all these performing arts houses that are like, we're bringing in the Hamilton tour. We know it's going to sell out. We paid for the right to do it and we're getting massive tickets for it and merchandising mm-hmm. for it. Right. And that's all done. That's all, not done, but like, that's all also. Yeah. Shut down. There's an article in deadline a few days ago about what's sort of one of the, the president of like the league of Broadway theaters. And she was talking about the realities of touring and like getting people like the sort of the logistics. Like if, even if like we toured Hamilton all year, like, if Atlanta is open, great. Maybe we can sort of do a Atlanta run for a couple of weeks, but then where right. do we go next? Like if Nashville's under a lockdown, like that just sort of interrupts the circuit completely until we're like full and clear, like vaccine time, you know, a year and a half or two years from now. So, so this is right. all happening. There's this kind of like desperate fear of, uh, you know, theater business cratering in addition to, a need to still share work. I mean, the people who run theaters and the writers and, and they're all, they all have a noble vision to share their work, which is fair. So I understand wanting to film it. I also think both of us got thinking, well, what are, what is, and we just talked about in the most recent episode, this sort of idea of rough theater, you know, and what's happening now. I mean, on the very basic level, what this, there's a kind of theater every night. And I don't know if it's happening in Albany, but at, you know, 7 PM in New York city, for the last month, everyone's going out of their windows and saluting health workers, you know, with uh, bong- banging on drums, cheering, etc. Is that happening up there too? Or No. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I love Upstate. Upstate is so I mean, it's, funny. It's funny. I mean, I actually, I actually live like two blocks from a hospital. Um, <laughs> so like, but I'm, I'm even then, I'm like, that's funny. Yeah. I'm like, I, 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 if it is happening, I haven't really heard it. <laughs> It's a thing here. I mean, Mackenzie's <laughs> really on it. She is like, and it's a great thing. I mean, you know, my son comes to the window. We're all just sort of 
playing noisemakers and it's nice. And, the, and as every night has passed, people are getting more creative with the things they're doing. Some guys playing an accordion on his stoop. Some people have noisemakers. Some people are like lighting fireworks. Just <laughs> crazy. Well, that's interesting too, you know? because, because wait, that's a fascinating thing because that is kind of theatrical in the sense. Yes. That it's not just, it's not just for the, it's for the health workers, but it no longer is just for the health workers. Right. On some level. Right. Well, that's its own yeah. sort of performative. Pe- pe- people, I mean, not, not that people are being selfish making it for them, but like people need something. Yes. Right. Like people need something in the day to look forward to and to be joyous about. So it's like, I'm not missing this. I'm going to do this for it. Or I'm going to do something special for it because I am showing how much I, I'm appreciative of this, but also thank God it gives me something to do during the day. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I mean, it's also just like, it's really one minute. It's one minute of collective shared experience in the moment. And it's very much theater. My son and I were at the park recently and there's a, well, not the park because it's closed, but we're at a, at a parking lot next to the park where some kids are scootering now. And there was a really big building. You can't really see where we live for whatever reason, but you, at seven o'clock, we were still there in this parking lot and everybody walked outside. They're like sliding glass door windows and, I'd say maybe like 25 people were on the balcony cheering and they were cheering toward the hospital, which is just like a quarter of a mile away from there. And it was beautiful. It was also interesting because I was watching them cheer for the health workers. And I was like, and, and just seeing the variety of people, like who's like, who's the solo dude in his sixties, just smoking a cigarette, like banging on a drum and who's like the family out there with their kids, you know, clapping and, and like who might be the kind of the, you know, the, the new relationship that ended up having to stay with each other for a couple of months, like I'm just on the balcony. So you're like, so I was just creating these stories about these characters who are engaged in a, in a unifying event. And I was like, Oh, we are engaged in a kind of theater here, you know? So what it got me, it also just got me thinking you and I creatively about, we can talk about the sort of evolution or de-evolution of this idea, but well, We've got all these theaters like hungry to share work and make things happen. And and there's ways, I think, to to reinvest in a kind of street theater now, you know? Okay. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, it's definitely something I think about and you and I have talked about is that like when I'm getting reached out to about streaming something, my mind goes immediately because like of working in different fields. I'm like, how is this going to work? Like you're an entity that has never created content online for your user. So not just is the streaming weird, but even the, 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 the delivery is yeah. weird, right? Like, how are you going to deliver it to you and without it feeling really strange? Right. Um, versus right. like, you know how to do theater, you know how to make events that, that are human and connective. Yeah. So it, it, I think in the basis, you and I started just talking about like, wow, how can theaters be theaters during this? Like, how can they remain at the best of their abilities as opposed to having to play Ketchup, which I know is scary, and I don't mean it as a it's, – it's a weird thing because it feels like a criticism of, like, what the fuck are all you theaters doing as opposed to going, like, I understand what everyone's doing. There's also, I'm like, because we're not definitively in it and trying to keep our heads above water, there is a level of, like, okay, if we were going to look at it from the outside, like, what do you do that people could actually really, like p- – that people really need and could use right now and use as your skill set? Right. Like, like so it already exists. 100%. So if people are outside their windows at 7, come 7.05, they're still kind of just, like, lingering outside because it's they've been inside all day. And, like, an active street theater sparks up, like, down below on this on this, the very empty street in front of them. And it could be, like, a 5- or 10-minute event, you know? But 
Um, and then we were like, well, what would that look like? You know, and, and also, frankly, there's theaters in Europe, like the public has like mobile Shakespeare lab, which like goes around bringing Shakespeare at a stripped down level to prisons across the tri-state area. So there, there are mechanisms in place uh, to and also in ways that could still be socially distant and, and adhering to the right. kind of uh, the, the moral code we've all entered into that could still bring people together. And, and I just find it's, it's interesting. All it is is brought up uh, an interesting, I don't know, tenet of like the art form. It's like maybe we talk about pivoting a lot, but also sometimes I think it's important to just like really stick to your strengths and get back to don't forget where you came from and get back to basics, you know? Well, that that in itself can be a pivot, sure. Right, like yes. that itself right. is just going. What I'm doing is not working, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I've loaded up seven years worth of videos <laughs> to our home web our home web page, right? And it's not it's it has changed nothing, right? And it has not made me feel better. It hasn't made our audience yeah. come back in a way that we can see. Mm. So there is a level of like, what can you do? I mean, one thing I thought about when we were talking about it, even last night, I was still thinking about this, even though I'm like, I shouldn't be, yeah. Uh, is I was thinking about when you were in the Angel Project at Lincoln Center, and like what that project was, well, you know, where amazing. like you would, yeah. yeah, where you would go around as kind of performance already, right? Like yeah. You could talk more about it because you were in it, but the whole idea of like there were angels all over the city, Ooh. and you would kind of like go go ahead and you can talk. Well, about yeah, it. but I was like that made sense. To oh, me. the Angel Project was uh, Deborah Warner, this British director. She had a big hit with uh, Electra with I think it was Zoe Wanamaker like fifteen or twenty years ago amazing production and then her follow-up with this like part of the lincoln center festival a while ago and it was called the angel project and it was a kind of essentially like an art installation but in real time throughout new york city so i think it worked like you would get a buy a ticket for basically three or four hours and i guess it's a little like what happened later with um sleep no more but this was like through the city during the day usually and you'd go to an abandoned floor in an office building that they were able to get out and you'd sort of like turn the corner and then there'd be a an entire (laughs) abandoned office space filled with white feathers and and a sort of lumbering slow walking person with giant black wings like sort of just like pacing back and forth and it'd be like whoa and or you'd go uh on the subway tracks and like on a, on a, on a staircase up the way, you'd see maybe somebody with wings, like, uh, you know, asking for change or you go into an abandoned theater. This is where I was part of. You go into an abandoned theater, like behind the Applebee's, there was like this old theater called the Liberty theater, an old Broadway house that hadn't been used for years. And there would just be like angels like sleeping on the floor and in the rafters. It was really, really special. And what happened, I remember a reviewer noticed it. They saw like along their three and a half hour journey through the city, they like came upon a couple of like random gray feathers, like while on the subway train. And she was like, and at that moment, I didn't realize if that was part of the, uh, the art installation or if that was just some random feathers from a pigeon that wandered away, but it didn't matter. It was sort of infused with this magic now um, that was unforgettable, which I thought was just so beautiful. And um it was a very kind of like high scale version of street theater, but nonetheless, it was an it was a solo <laughs> event. You walked in by yourself. We were all very distant from one another. It was so. There are possibilities. I hear. I feel like out here, you know. You know, I think, it, but it was about having a a a 
an ex- an experience like a tactile specifically a tactile experience mm-hmm. like i'm opening a door i'm walking into a space i'm s- seeing a thing i'm sharing mm-hmm. breath like mm-hmm. all those things that we do love about theater so i mean there are those things you know i was thinking about that yeah. last night i was thinking because i were talking about like what are the ways that you do it what's the way in yeah. and, like it's it's street theater so like we've also seen like bat like like i don't think anyone at that time of night wants someone who's just in the street like yelling right. like bellowing like streetcar named desire right right them. like i don't think there's so many goofy want. versions of this you know yeah <laughs> you know? like there's really 98 are really bad like, yeah you know, eight o'clock at night you're trying to put your kid down and you're just hearing like yeah I know, I know. there's some I'm like so i know nuts. but i was also thinking about like there's this company i always really admired named rain pan 43 that's like uh yeah and jeff sobel and they they did a great show called all wear bowlers that mixed like live comedy right like um like vaudeville slapstick comedy but they also had like a black and white movie running at the same time that they would jump yeah. in and out of and i'm like that would be an amazing type of thing to do on a street right for 10 minutes it's just like this physical comedy Chaplin-esque thing that people could relate to and all watch yeah. from their windows, but you're all projecting on the wall and you're jumping in and out of the movie. And oh. I mean, it's all really elaborate. And the big question becomes like, who's paying for it? Where's like, like well, I think that, but that, again, that can't be the question that has to not be, that has to not be a concern. You know, I mean, really, right. if it's, if it's just about like, we're all in the abyss right now, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no cavalry, you know, there's no lifeline at the moment. So if, right. if one must make things, there are ways to do this by getting really stripped, by really stripping it down again, you know, and stripping right. it down to me is not right. zoom. That, that to me is the very opposite of stripping down, you know? Uh, yeah. I feel like it's making it actually harder to yeah. approach, you know, like, like it's a weird thing that i think happens with theater a lot is a lot of times theater gets a, an inferiority complex like i feel like the whole industry gets an inferiority complex of like we're not as cool as this other shit we're not as hip like i just want to be a punk rock band and not right. a theater and you're like well you can bring punk into the theater but it's really hard to make a theater into right. punk right like it's really hard to get like a bunch of green day fans to come to your play and suddenly go like you're right this was punk rock like that's not what's gonna that right. never happens um <laughs> so it's a lot of times like i think what you're saying though the stripping down like we had talked about this as being like oh what what do we think or fear or or imagine that like it, it is are things going to be like coming out of this and that was one thing that has hit me constantly is just like the institutions are gonna have to strip down, oh, I feel cool. like, and and kind of find other ways of operating, especially through this. Cause like I know I've been talking to people and like the whole concept of when we're they're gonna be able to have get even when we come out of this, when will gatherings of more than fifty people become right. accepted doable? It is super yeah. questionable. Yeah. Right. You know, so if you're running a if you're running a five hundred seat house, a two hundred seat yeah. house even, and every one of those tickets matters. Yeah. Like, what are you doing for six months, four months, eight months, you know, 18 months while you're going like, yeah, we're not out of the 50 seat band yet. Yes. Agreed. What are you doing? And I, I, and I I think we went through this moment of, oh, like, what if there's an opportunity here? And, and, and I guess like, yeah, we were like, what if it's, yeah, it's seven o'clock, there's the cheering and then people are still out their windows at seven Oh three. And then we do like some strange, like, medieval pageant parade of like three people that it's sort of like about the plague after the Peloponnesian war and it's a monologue or and some music and it's very quick but it's like beautiful and it has some 
some cool actors. We can film it at the same time with a couple of people following the, the action. And then, and then it's, and that's what it is. I, I feel like to me, that seems pretty punk rock at the moment, not like filming your, you know, your solo show. Yeah. And I, again, I, I don't, I don't mean it as an attack on anyone's. I think everyone's doing their best to figure out what. Yeah. You're do. getting a little up. Uh, like, if you don't mind just. Oh, I was just saying, like, I think everyone's doing their, um, I hardly ever move. Um, Everyone's doing their best to figure out what to, what to do. Um, You know, it's just, it is one of those things where it's like, it's going to be a very strange, it's going to be such a strange moment, I think, for, for all of these industries, definitely theater, because like, all of them, the financial um, pathways are, are all getting hit at the same time, right? Like the donor and the single ticket buyers and the foundations, you know, all of it is. And I feel is like that was suffering. definitely an element. Um, you're still a little crackly. I don't know if there's some magic you can do. There was, a, yeah. I mean, it definitely was a feeling after the, the 2008 recession. Uh, we all saw everything go to like solo shows and two handers. You talk about like, you kind of actually had a boom because you had so many solo shows after that point. So I feel like that was, that was, but I don't think I saw a lot of theaters like just shudder. It was just sort of like, oh, we're going to really strip our cast by half and then some. And I think, but this may be different. It's like, sure, stripping cast down, but also probably having to reimagine the very nature of, of your theater. And, and, uh, and, and I think you and I were very excited about the idea of this, but then, I don't know, I, I, it was like a strange 24 hours because I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And maybe... We can talk to some, you know, some some like bigger names in the theater industry in New York who have a little more like infrastructure to make it happen. And but this will be like our idea and like you can get some press for it. And, and then I was just woke up in the, morning, the next morning. I was like, do I want to do this anymore? Do I want to think about how to produce a street theater play? And it's I guess it was like a part of me that has died, but I don't want to. And it was hard to just kind of accept that about myself that there might've been a time like 10 years ago where I would have wanted to really push that through. And it was what my heart pet fire was saying, but it's, it's not right now. And I think it was maybe for the wrong reasons for me. I'm not saying about you, but I, I woke up being like, yeah, I think it could be cool. And there is an opportunity here, but I don't think I'm the one to, to, to do it, you know? And that itself is hard. And that's a form of, I guess, pivoting and putting to rest a, a kind of artist that you used to be, you know? Yeah, I think that's a, it's a huge yeah, it and sad that. thing. I, I mean, I had a similar experience. I think, I think when we first started talking about it, you know, part of it was like, I, I mean, Jen was talking to me about this is like, I mentioned it to her and she was like, you yeah. would be really good at this. Cause most of the theaters I've started have right. been like this, right? Like, like this kind of grassroots, how do we just pull things together on a street yeah. or an empty space and like turn it into something, you know, good it has been the, 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 the necessary yeah. ethos because of what has been presented yeah. to me most of the time. But I had a similar thing where I was just like, yeah, I really want to be useful. And this is a really untethered yeah. time for everyone. Right. So I feel, I feel useless every day. Cause I'm like, I'm not getting yeah. work done and parenting harder and like everything yeah. is just harder. Um, so I think like my reasonings were also like coming at a self from a selfish but yeah. selfless yeah. place, right? Like, like I selfishly want to do this because it will give me some meaning and really focus me and allow me to avoid some other stuff for like the next yeah. six months, eight months. But and and it's selfless because I'm helping others, or I think people could use it. But it's like, yeah, I just don't, 
I don't know. It's not, it's yeah. not there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And that, and minds can change. And like, after who knows the longer this goes on, the more it's like, ah, eh, whatever, screw it. But uh, yeah, it was a weird thing to be excited. I mean, we go through this a lot. I think like as partners, like we, there's moments, I mean, like conversations we have, we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. This is the thing. This is the thing. This is the thing. And then a couple of days later, we're like, yeah, you know, I don't know if that was the thing. Right. I mean, that happens a lot. <laughs> it does. It does. Cause I mean, creatively you're always right. brainstorming, especially in a, in an army of two yeah. is we're just spit, you know, I'll call you and be like, Hey, I'm having this strange idea. Look at this, this, and this, and tell me if you think I'm insane and you'll do the same thing. And you know, and sometimes we will get each other gassed up for even as long as like a week or two. And then we're suddenly yeah, like, yeah, what are yeah. you doing? Like, what is this? I mean, I'll be honest. I think the most selfish part of it for me was I had a moment where I was like, oh, all the things that I spent the last 10 to 15 years thinking that the theater could be or that I wished it were. Oh, yeah. Well, could be, could how could though. be I mean, this. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, for me and I think for other people, there's also points when you get into the industry of it for a long time. It it can either be really affirming, I think, or it can be really heartbreaking. I think I'm a person who went through it where I was like, oh, I thought I thought I was going to like live in a Joe Papp version yeah. of the theater world. And, and, and it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And I'm just like, ah, that world sounds so great still. Like it mm. sounds so utopic. And then I'm like, but do I even think it exists at any point? I don't know. Um, I mean, a lot of the stories of like, yeah, the Joe Papp public or whatever, you know, it's just the, the, the kind of rose colored glasses. It's I mean, so yeah, romantic. Of course. Like anything you look back on, I look back on the early days of me doing plays in the city here. And I think like that was the, that was the, the purity. And I, there was something to it, I guess, but it was also hard. And I, wretched relationship at the time and admit depressed like all the time you know it was also just <laughs> not good <laughs> so you know i mean nostalgia is a weirdo but um yeah so that was just like an interesting yeah i don't know i thought it was like worth discussing because it, it basically is it is like part of the the orbit of what's happening in the theater was us like finding this idea or like thinking of, I'm sure we're not the only ones thinking about this at all. And I believe that there's some of younger, course. hungrier person who's like, will make this happen or it just might spontaneously occur by uh, whatever. Um, so yeah, it just, uh, I thought, I thought it was just kind of exploring like what, what's out there right now and the theater side. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think so too. I mean, it is an interesting moment. <laughs> it's kind of the arc of this is really hysterical to me in a way that it was like the arc of this story is Sh Sean and Matt want to help. Sean yep. and Matt realize they don't want to help. Sean and yes. Matt hope that you want to. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, we've given you an idea, a mini parade about the Peloponnesian <laughs> War after the nurses get cheered at seven oh four at five. Yeah, that's our. We offer that to you, but I don't know. I thought it worth interest. It worth explaining the the metanoia well, that happens. The, with an crux, like, some some of the people who listen to this are heavily in theater. Like I, I like shout out right. to University at Albany. I know that the, the acting yep. classes there are listening to it. Um, you know, and so like the thing that I would say about it that is is like he. I, I think what gets more nerve wracking for me, I don't know what you think about this. Every day I still get emails or things will pop up about season announcements yeah. at theaters. And they're so, and they're, they're the same type of season announcement that would happen if nothing was going on. And I don't know. I find it weird. I'm just kind of like, okay, like, 
you're going to do a 10 show season? Like, I don't, is that even true? Like what, like why can't you just do a flexible season? Why can't you, why can't four of these shows be resident theaters in your community that are right. now homeless? Like, I don't know. There was just a, there's just a part of me at times where I'm like, is you don't have to, no one's going back to business as usual. We don't have to, I know that's always the thing is like, just yeah. behave, you know, as if nothing's going on. And I'm like, I don't know that 100%. that's possible. Um, well, yeah, so this will be uh, this this kind of discussion will continue for the next couple of episodes. In the meantime, I do want to mention the website I mentioned for uh, Cameron Bossert's uh, online on stage company. It's called Third Wing, and it's T H I R D W I N G Third Wing dot Watch. So Third Wing dot Watch, and it's it's really well done. And it's if you are hungry for you know some sort of live entertainment that was well captured, I really I do recommend it. 